You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Morning, Brian! Hi, Kate Monster. How's life? Disappointing. You're listening to Tony Telecast from The Ensemblist, the only podcast that shows you Broadway from the inside out. I'm Mo Brady. And I'm Aaron Albano. What? No, it sounds stupid. Aw, come on. When I was little, I thought I would be... What? A big comedian on late night TV. (laughs) Welcome, listeners, to our miniseries about the Tonys, bringing you all the drama behind the drama of a theater season in Broadway history. In each podcast episode, we watch a telecast of a previous Tony Awards. Not only the performances, but the opening and the speeches to see how it reflects the season as a whole. So let's start our second half of the conversation about the 2004 Tony Awards. Woohoo! Pretty damn smart. You are! Thanks! I like romantic things like music and art. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Our first nominated performance, Fiddler on the Roof with a mashup of tradition and bottle dance. Oh, well, first we have Tevia walking through the aisles like he's Santa Claus. (laughs) And then we have tradition and the bottle dance. That is such a Radio City musical reference. Mm-hmm. What did you think of this performance? I loved it. I But I also love Fiddler on the Roof. Fiddler on the Roof is arguably one of my favorite, if not my favorite show, one of my favorite shows in the musical theater catalog. Oh, it is a incredibly well-loved show. This is the fourth of five Broadway revivals so far. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, we- not even including the all-Yiddish version that we just had off-Broadway. Right. We, it had been on Broadway in 1976, 1981, 1990, and 2004. This is the longest time we'd gone without a Broadway revival of Fiddler. Oh, interesting. Wow. Cause then, and then the fifth one was 2015, correct? Yeah. And uh, we saw the original Jerome Robbins choreography for the opening and for the bottle dance. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is this where I say I don't love Fiddler on the Roof? You can say it whenever you want to. I think it's long and kind of boring. How dare you? I, I mean, like, I, I, I care. I just don't. That's okay. A lot I of people. A lot of people is not. This is not their favorite. Could just, and they're monsters. I could just use the like 2020 like snipped version where we like took out a half hour of it. You what know? would you cut though? Oh my gosh! All of the pauses. Ugh, there's just so <laughs> many pauses. Um, there aren't 
that many pauses. In a good production, there are not that many pauses. Okay, well, I haven't seen a good production. This is, though, the highlights in my mind. Tradition and Bottle Dance. These are the two numbers I can stay awake for in a production of Fiddler on the Roof. Like, they've done a very... I mean, those are definitely, like, the high-energy pieces of the show. Yeah. I mean, Tradition is, like, arguably, as an opening number... It's arguably on par with like a ragtime opening in terms of like establishing the world that we're living in. Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. These are good numbers. Uh, and seeing the original Jerome Robbins choreography, everyone loves a bottle dance. I mean, the bottle dance is wonderful. Bottle dance is like special skills before special skills. The bottle, <laughs> accurate. Before they were like, hey, do you have any acro you can share, show us? They were like, hey. Hey, can you, can you dance with a Manischewitz bottle on your head? Like... And not drop it, like, live. What, what I do think is funny is that it's, like, the two joyous moments of the show, right? Uh-huh. It's like, hey, everybody, let's forget this is about the persecution of Jews, okay? We're just going <laughs> to sure. do happy. But yeah, but I, but my favorite character, especially in this dance, is Nahum the Beggar. Because after the bottle dance, he's the one that kicks off the, like, the around the world clap, clap, around the world clap, oh. clap. And he is living his goddamn life. Like, it is, like, the way he arches his back on his Around the Worlds. Like, everyone else is, like, a sensible, straight back, like, up, but, like, living. He is, like, you'd think he was in Footloose. He is going for it. This is a gentleman who is, like, I am on the Tony Awards and I am dancing at you. He did <laughs> He did extra stretching that day, I bet. I bet mm-hmm. He may have even gone to yoga. Because he was Let's ready. Let's give a little shout out. We have to give a little shout out. This is Thomas Titone, T-I-T-O-N-E. Work. He better live in those rags that he wears in that number. Thomas. Oh my gosh, look at all these credits. Um, He was original production, original cast of The Most Happy Fella, My Favorite Year, a swing on the 1994 revival of Carousel, was swinging Dance Captain on Once Upon a Mattress in 1996, and here he is. Killing it. Killing it on the 2004 Tonys. Selling tickets with that back. Selling tickets with that back. Second performance of the- Carolina Change. Lots White. Carolina Change, Lots okay. White. So this is the pinnacle of performances in my mind of not showing off a nominee well. Okay. Because of the vocal health of Tanya Pinkins at the time. Okay. I have not seen Carolina Change. Come at me, internet. I do not know what the show is about. So I don't know if this is a good representation of the show. But during this performance, a very talented actor and singer is obviously vocally tired and cracks multiple times. It is disappointing, I think, for everyone. See, and here's what's interesting, because before re-watching this telecast... I would have agreed with you. Watching it again, I don't think I agree. Because listening to it again, I don't think she's as vocally problematic as at least my memory remembered. This is very clearly the 11 o'clock number for Tanya Pinkins. This is arguably Rose's turn of... Like it has that kind of strength. It has that kind of power in the show. It absolutely looks like a Rose's turn. Mm-hmm. And watching this as that, there are moments of this number where she has control, she's fine. And I would argue that where I think this performance loses its luster is not her singing. It's the camera work. Go for it. Because juxtaposing this with, and I'm telling you from last week, A, 
And I'm telling you, we got context. We got the whole scene before. Right. But while we're watching and I'm telling you, that camera is on Jennifer Holiday the entire time. We get to see her entire journey because the camera does not leave her. It does not leave her face. This number was filled with like sweeps and crane shots and camera moves where I was just like, I don't know what's happening because A, I didn't get the context, but B, I don't even get to see Tanya Pinkins' journey because I'm too busy watching Hmm. like the crane shot going from left to right around her where she's like this speck on the stage. And I'm just like, if this is going to be the presentation, let me see the performance. What you're saying is that there should have been some Sidney Lucas Ring of Keys close-ups going on here. Yeah, and infinitely more. This camera work is doing a grand disservice to Tanya Pinkins. You won an Emmy Award, but you took down Tanya Pinkins in the process. Was it (laughs) worth it? Accurate. And so that's my takeaway from this rewatch. Because I didn't get to see any of her performance. But you don't think about that stuff when you watch it the first time. And you're like, oh, I don't know what this number is about. It must be the actress's fault. Which I don't think is true. The defense rests. Ain't never been no good Finding joy the way you should Hoping water turned to wine Hope's fine, hope's fine Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Third performance of the evening uh, from a little show called Wicked. It is a unknown number called Defying Gravity. <laughs> <laughs> I do think if you don't know the show, Mm -hmm. this explains it well, right? You'd be like, oh, there is a green woman. She is obviously the Wicked Witch of the West. I know who she is. I know there's a woman called Glinda. There's a broom. There's a cape, right? They're doing all of the things to help you see that it is a spin on The Wizard of Oz. Yeah, 100%. And I don't even know if that's having to do with this performance and just like the conceit of the show. They've done a good job of, of taking like... It's not a number in the show that I watch and go, oh, that's the Tony performance number, but it does a good job of that. I would agree. And I will say, in Ms. Pinkin's defense, there is some vocal trouble from Ms. Menzel in this number. Mm-hmm. Ha- spoiler alert, uh, Aaron was in Wicked. So, uh, like, mm-hmm. this is also what makes the cherry picker moment iconic, right? Like, I feel... Oh, 
Well, speaking of the power of the Tony Awards, the reason that Elphaba with the broom in her hand and the backlighting Mm -hmm. is like the iconic visual of Wicked is because of this performance. And I would also say that part of the reason that we don't remember what Carolina Change is about is because they don't give you that visual moment in this commercial. Sure. This was the kickoff of like, hey, guess what? Wicked's coming to your town. This is what you're going to (laughs) see. Like they chose this moment very specifically because it's the wow moment. I remember the first time I watched Wicked, I think was like December of 03 before I moved to the city. And like no one knew about the cherry picker yet. It was not a thing that people knew yet. And my sister and I bought tickets to go watch it. We sat in the front row mezzanine. And that moment happened and we lost our shit. I remember Adina very vividly. I remember Adina started raising on It's Me, vocally fresh, mind you, coming to my eye level at like the Gershwin balcony. And I was just like, ah, she's flying. I like lost my mind. I would argue that this is what they were going for across the nation. Right yeah, there. they're ready to give you spectacle. And also I would argue that the Tony Awards is ready to give you Wicked spectacle too, right? Because this is not the only flashy moment we see from Wicked in the show. No, not even a little the bit. The moment where they fly Kristen Chenoweth in, in the bubble for like a comedic bit yeah. is wild. She's in it for like a minute. Mm-hmm. Where did this bubble come from? I have so many questions. So ma- so many questions. There's no way they had a show this afternoon and then struck the bubble out of the Gershwin and then brought it to Radio City, like down the street and then reloaded it in. Like this is a fresh bubble. Do you think it was tour bubble? I would it assume like... it's tour bubble as well as that cherry picker was tour cherry picker. Mm. I want to say that they built both of them because at the Gershwin, the cherry picker's in the stage. It's not like they were going to deconstruct their set and like bring it over. So I was like, okay, between this bubble and this cherry picker, they were ready to go on tour. Wicked knew what they were doing and Wicked was ready to sell tickets. Where everyone else was like celebrating theater, Wicked was like, nah, girl, like (laughs) tickets go on sale tomorrow. Let's talk about Wonderful Town's performance of Swing. Okay. Which starts with this random... Pre-recorded, like outside on Restaurant Row. With the full ensemble on Restaurant Row with like 15 seconds of pre-number airtime. I was like, who paid for them all to do this? Like, (laughs) it's all about money for me and I don't understand it. It was, and it was weird. It was like, no one else got this. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, continue. This is some classic Kathleen Marshall with some classic clean, sharp ensemble dancing. I mean, this is like Kathleen Marshall when we were seeing her do Kiss Me Kate, The Pajama Game, Anything Goes, Nice Work, right? Wonderful Time. They were all sort of like, Kathleen Marshall did this kind of show, right? Mm -hmm. And And this is arguably like the kickoff because she won, again, for the first time. (laughs) Wow, this this is the Tonys that feels both like yesterday and like a long time ago. Loved this, loved this ensemble and I'm, I want to give a shout out because it features a lot of our friends who are still working. We've got Rick Fogno. We've got Lauren Letero, choreographer of Mrs. Doubtfire. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> Megan Sakura, <laughs> Jeffrey Schechter. Like we've got some like high quality like. Veterans. Yes. Veterans of the Broadway stage. Yeah. Dancing very well. Oh, they look great. Everybody's got the right to be different. 
If you wanna be different, at times they go to extreme. Go to extreme. Assassins, man. What was your first thought when you were watching this performance of Everybody's Got the Right from the Assassin's <sighs> Revival? My first thought was, wow, watching this in 2020, this number is chilling as fuck. There are so many guns. Just an all-white cast happy with their guns. And I was just like, yo, I don't know, man. Which again, it, and it's and it's awkward because I know this show. I know this is a wonderful show. But like just watching it in this cultural moment, this is a lot. <laughs> I don't think I need this. It's a lot to watch a lot of white people point guns at you. Mm -hmm. I, it, it's very uncomfortable. I was like, I, yeah. Yeah, sure. Do we need it? Like, like I don't know if I want to. I mean, and again, at the time, this was in the middle of like George W. Bush's, like at the end of his first term, unbeknownst at the time, going into his second term. And this revival was supposed to be done in 2001 and was postponed after the September 11th attacks. Oh, so interesting. It's like a show there's never a good time for. <laughs> well, I mean, but like, it's better, better. What is that word? But like, back then, because of the events of the day, American patriotism was very high. Watching it in 2020, sitting here, where arguably American patriotism is not so high. Particularly among theater goers, I would say. Yeah, yes, yes. It was rough. It was rough. Whoever does a revival of this next after this cultural moment is going to have a job to do. Well, it was scheduled to be a classic stage company earlier in 2020. So I guess we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. We'll see how it goes. Man, I'm already distressed. <laughs> like, distressed about talking about the show. And it's a great show. But it's just like... It's, it, it was a rough watch. The boy next door. I'm not sorry for Josh Kimmy, but if you slept past the past, you can see. In terms of lighter fare, um, yeah. the boy from Oz. We have host <laughs> Hugh Jackman singing The Boy Next Door. Broadway delight, Hugh Jackman. Is there a, I didn't see this show. Is there a scene in the show where he performs from Radio City? Because he is definitely mentioning that he is at Radio City. 100%. Not no. like 100%. Well, not 100%. I did see the show. I'm going to say like 90% no. So this the, was a full like production for the Tonys. Like, we weren't showcasing the show. We were showcasing Hugh. Yeah, I got that feeling because we only saw Hugh and I would guess maybe the band from the show and three backup singers. Mm -hmm. So this is a terrible showcase for the show and yet is perhaps the most enjoyable number to watch. Come at me. <laughs> well, he was unencumbered by a time limit. That's for sure. Oh, for sure. The non-time limit section is he goes out into the audience. I assume this happened in the show. He brought someone up from the house and like, did a moment? No, that wasn't a thing. No. Oh my god. This gosh. isn't a thing. This is literally a Tony Award special. Okay, like. so he, he comes out into the audience. He picks Sarah Jessica Parker to come up on to like the the little mini stage. The mini yeah. stage. And gets her to like do dance moves with him. And she is in her own personal nightmare. It is honestly great TV. <laughs> 
the moment where she's like covering her eyes no she's like closed her eyes she's covering up her chest because she very clearly is afraid that she's going to pop out of the like Uh corset top of her ballerina inspired Uh and she mentions like the wardrobe malfunction from jt and and janet jackson yeah where she's like, on this network, we can't have it happen again. It was one of the like the most enjoyable, like, this is real. Like, we are really watching this moment. Between that yes. and the LL Cool J, Carol Channing part, I was like, this is fun. This was great. I mean, but it was great TV. It was absolutely great TV, 100%. What's the show about? Unclear. It's about... <laughs> it's about you! It's about Hugh Jackman winning a Tony Award. Fantastic. It's about you. Yes. Our final... Avenue Q, It Sucks to Be Me. <sighs> Avenue Q is a show for Republican administrations. It starts out with a question and answer where I hate you. <laughs> Brian asks, How's life? And Kate replies, Disappointing. <laughs> I was like, I'm here. We're here, folks. <laughs> like, uh huh. A show for 2020. Brian says, it, it sucks to be broke and unemployed and turning 33. And I was like, It does accurate other than feeling wildly topical what was your interpretation of this performance this was definitely the show this season that was like the odd man out in every way like everything else was like glitz and glamour camels cherry pickers like all these things and this one was like puppets where you could see the puppeteers Everything about it just like hit like in the most nostalgically beautiful ways. And then on top of it being hysterical. Right. We see Jeffrey Seller, one of the producers, when it wins for Best Musical saying, thank you, Broadway, for voting for your heart. Yeah. Which he emphasizes the word heart, which made me go versus... Cherry pickers and bubbles. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Yeah. For someone who like liked Avenue Q a lot, has not listened to Avenue Q in 10 years, watching this performance, Mm -hmm. I was like, this weathers well this is a good show and a good tony performance what it's a wonderful tony performance it tells you what the show's about it features all of its characters and they all get good laughs you all you feel like you have a good time like my favorite takeaway from watching this again watching it again and watching it now without the drama and like the assumption that wicked was gonna win honestly we should have known Well, it's interesting that Wicked was the presumptive winner because it was the big juggernaut that would tour well, Mm -hmm. that families could go to. And now when we think about what wins Best Musical, it's really small musicals that win Best Musical. It's Dear Evan Hansen. It's The Band's Visit. It's Hades Town. Like small musicals triumph. And this was sort of the start of that, I feel. I feel like that's right. Well, and especially this is the one that was like, had this stayed off Broadway, everybody would have been happy. But it was just that good that they were like, let's bring it to the, where were they? The Golden? Yeah. Let's bring it to the Golden and just see what happens. With all of these newcomers, it's truly where the show sort of stands on its own. These people, Stephanie DeBrugio, Jennifer Barnhart, John Tartaglia, Rick Lyons, these are from like the Sesame Street Muppet world. They're not, they're not part of us. And yet like they made the best theater this year. Yep. It's great. It, and like, we should have known. That's my point. We, sh- we should have known. It sucks to be you on Avenue Q. All right. 
It's time for our Yelp review. Let's do our Yelp review. Our non-sanctioned Yelp review. So, Mo, which performance made the show look better than it was? I'm going to go with Fiddler because it showed you all the high-octane parts and none of the boring parts, which is most of the show. (laughs) But maybe you convinced me that it's actually the boy from Oz now that I've learned that what we saw was not actually from the show. (laughs) Yeah, because my answer is 100% boy from Oz because... Hugh Jackman the musical looks awesome. And it would make me want to buy tickets for The Boy From Oz. Having seen Boy From Oz, from what I remember, it's moderate. But Hugh Jackman is fantastic and well-deserved his Tony. Okay, well, speaking of well-deserved, what made you want to buy a ticket? Which performance made you want to buy a ticket? I would say Avenue Q because the performance was fantastic. But I'd also say Fiddler just because I love Fiddler. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's Avenue Q. It's 100% Avenue Q. (laughs) But Fiddler's great. But yeah, but Avenue Q probably final answer Avenue Q. Yes. Which speech moved you the most, Mo? You know, remembering back, I thought it was going to be Jeff Witte um, because I think it meant something for me as a young homosexual man to see a young homosexual man cry tears of joy on television. Okay. But I was going to say that until I watched Felicia Rashad win for Raisin in the Sun. Because who doesn't want to see their mom win an award? (laughs) No. Yes. Yeah. The audience erupts. Condola Rashad gets kissed on the cheek by her mom. That is the gift that is going to get me through 2020. (laughs) And then she, with her Felicia Rashad reserve says, I've often wondered what it takes to win this award. I love that thought that she wanted it. You know, I think we we imagine people who are so esteemed don't need awards. And she's like, not, not bra. I wanted that. Um, And then, and then to say that it takes tremendous self-effort and amazing grace. And I was like, see, you said you wanted it, but then you said you get it because of being a good person That's why you're our mom, and we love you. She's so great. What about you? My answer is the same. Because on top of all of those things, she is the first black woman to win the Leading Actress in a Play Award. Wait, what? Yes. Yeah. I hate our history. Our our history sucks. (laughs) Yeah. In 2004. And so on top of the fact that like, she might have just wanted this as a brilliant actress, she also wanted this because... This would be a glass ceiling she'd be able to shatter. And we watched it happen. And it was done by the, like, I mean, on top of the fact that the Allen family is like this family of legends. And they were all literally just sitting right there. Like, not only was Condola Rashad so happy for her mom, Debbie Allen was happy for her sister. And with all joy and nothing else. Like, they were all so proud of her for winning this award. It was so, it, it was beautiful. And then on top of that, like, again, watching in a way that only Felicia Rashad could do, there was equal parts like gratitude and movedness, as well as still poise and grace and elegance. Like, it was, it, it, it was a spectacular moment. Yeah, biggest surprise win. Honestly, Jeff Witte over Tony Kushner, I think. Not that, yeah. that 
Avenue Q book isn't inventive, but just like Tony Kushner is an icon of playwriting, you know, like yes. this is the writer of Angels in America and he wrote. Oh, yes. Yeah. It is a little shocking. Oh, no, I agree 100%. Mine was the same, but like even more so because both Jeff Witte and Bobby Lopez and Jeff Marks won over Tony Kushner and Janine Tesori. Like talk about two icons of not even musical theater, just theater in general. Right. These are legendary playwrights and composers and Avenue Q won. Honestly, we should have known. Yes. I mean, the whole night was like going for Avenue Q. So Mm -hmm. even though the end is a shocker, yeah, it shouldn't have been. Yeah, it shouldn't have. Like, like now that we've now that we know the history, we're like, oh, duh. Like we should have known. We absolutely should have known. Would you recommend watching, Aaron? Yes, 100%. Would you? Yes, I think this is a quality Tony Awards, right? Mm -hmm. It feels like a party. You've got the Hugh Jackman, Sarah Jessica Parker moment, which I love, (laughs) right? You You do love that. You've got a shocking win. And even though we disagree, it is a good opening number. It's it's not my favorite, (laughs) but it's a good opening number. It's the best opening number. Yeah, so same I have many, many, many more reasons, like an obnoxious person, but because obviously for the opening, I love the opening. Shout out to Nahum the Beggar yet again, because (laughs) fierce, like that back was selling tickets and he got my at least second place in my ticket purchasing. LL Cool J and Carol Channing, because iconic. You're right. Felicia Rashad breaking a glass ceiling, because... Many, all of these reasons are worth watching, but that alone is worth watching. Mm. But the best part, and I will take this to my grave, is listeners, Mo had never seen this before. I, yeah. yeah. And I definitely not only warned him about it, but then I also like screenshotted it and sent it to him after I watched it. If you watch the end, best musical, Avenue Q wins, everybody's speeching, everybody's gagging, everybody's screaming. At one point in the show, the camera pans out to a big wide shot of the stage. If you pause it at that moment and look up at the proscenium, there is an LED screen that says in big bold letters, Wicked, right next to the other LED screen that in big bold letters says, Best Musical. Like The wind shocked everyone, even... (laughs) Even the the Tonys. Even the guy running projections. All right, so at the end of our first half of our 2004 discussion, we selected the 1976 Tony Awards as yes. our final Tony telecast to watch for this miniseries. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Ensemblist was produced today by me, Mo Brady. And by me, Aaron Albano. Special thanks to Wasif Sami for the background research on this week's Tony season. There are two great ways you can be helping The Ensemblist right now. One is by becoming a Patreon member at patreon.com slash theensemblist. And the second is by leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Even better, do you have a favorite Tony's telecast that we haven't recapped yet and wish we would? Tell us about it in that review and we'll maybe recap it in a future episode. Please follow The Ensemblist wherever you listen to podcasts, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, or at bpn.fm, the home of Broadway Podcast Network. You can also follow us on Instagram. Thanks for listening, everybody. Until next time.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.